I think it goes without being said that I love you sports playoff football. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you do as well. And if you say you don't, you're probably lying. And I also think it goes without being said that this weekend was just a good weekend for you sports playoff football. Seven games across four different conferences. The U Sports field of 27 has now become the U Sports field of eight. And we have a clear picture of the eight teams that will be competing for a conference championship in 2022. And we are now one step closer to the Vanier Cup. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. DJ Lalama is on his podcasting bye week. And I'd like to welcome you to Take It or Leave It, the show where we deliver U Sports football news for all 27 different schools. Okay, like I said, seven games, four different conferences. We got a lot to go through. I ain't got no top 10 picks to share this week, so let's get straight to it. We're going to kick things off in the OUA where the defending national champions and number one ranked Western Mustangs took on the number eight ranked Laurier Golden Hawks. And Western ran away with this one, 45-9. Running back Keon Edwards had 136 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Key takeaways from this game. I mean, are you really surprised by the outcome? Are you really surprised by the outcome? DJ Lalama and myself sat here a week ago and we said, unless we see Curly Gittins Jr. himself, and I'm talking 2017 OUA MVP Curly Gittins Jr., strap up for the Golden Hawks, Nakasanyeka, Kwaku Botang, Levandre Gordon, even Michael Neville, all them boys, there's no chance that Laurier would win this game. And when we say that, it's not a knock on the Laurier Golden Hawks. It's a credit to how good this Western Mustangs team really is. Because the reality is, we are looking at one of the greatest Western Mustang teams of all time. And as for those Laurier Golden Hawks, I only got one thing to say. I said this on the podcast last week, and I'm going to say it again. Sometimes you just got to put stats aside. You got to put lineups aside. Sometimes it just comes down to whose time is it. Whose time is it to experience a breakthrough and make a legitimate run at a championship? It is still Western's time. It's still Western's time. It is not Laurier's time yet. But I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to repeat it again. This team is a few years away. They might even be one year away from being a legitimate Yates Cup contender. All right. I'm looking at Ethan Jordan. I'm looking at uh, Taylor Elgersma. I'm looking at Quentin Scott. That offense is dangerous, and it resembles the offense that they had back in the day when they were running the OUA and giving Western a run for their money. So it's not Laurier's time right now, but it could be Laurier's time next year. But right now, it's Western's time. Moving on to the second OUA game from Saturday, the number three ranked Queens Gales took on the number six Ottawa GGs, and Queens won this game 35 to 13. Anthony Souls had two rushing touchdowns, while Jared Chisari had 125 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. For Ottawa, Ben Miracle went 11 for 22, 195 yards, one touchdown, one interception, while JP Simonkenda had 13 carries for 79 yards and no touchdowns. My biggest key takeaway from this game is that I thought it would be much closer. Uh, DJ actually predicted last week that he thought the GGs would win this game, while I predicted that I thought the Gales would win this game, but by a much closer margin. But simply put, I feel like Queens was able to watch film of Ottawa's recent game against Windsor and then film of Western's game against Ottawa in the last week of the regular season. And they were able to realize that if you could load up the box and stop J.P. Simikenda and force the ball into Ben Miracle's hands, then you have a pretty good chance of winning the football game. And now, because Queens handled their business, we're going to get a much anticipated rematch that sees Queens versus Western in the Yates Cup. And I think if you're a fan of OUA football, then that's the matchup you want to see in the Yates Cup this year because Queens and Western have been on a collision course all season long. There was a three to four week period where both of these teams were putting up 55 plus points per game. Like they were blowing teams out of the park for no reason. And it felt like 
they were in an arms race with one another, showing each other, hey, I can do this much damage. Hey, I got depth at this position. Hey, I can run up the score to this amount. Hey, I can score more points than you. That's what it felt like for a good amount of time. So I'm happy that we get this rematch. It seems like the Queen's Gales are a much better football team than they were last year. I pray that James Keenan plays in that game, but it seems like he won't. But I do anticipate it'll be a much better contest than it was last year. Let's move things over to the Canada West Conference where the number four ranked Saskatchewan Huskies took on the number 10 ranked Manitoba Bisons. And Saskatchewan won this game 37-9. to um, Backup quarterback for the Huskies, Ethan Watson basically turned into a running back rushing for 103 yards and two touchdowns while Bisons quarterback Des Catelier threw three interceptions. My first impression of this game when I saw the scene in Saskatchewan was not this way. Not this way. There was so much snow on the ground. It was a blizzard in Saskatchewan. They literally had members of the dance team shoveling snow pre-game. Cheerleaders shoveling snow pre-game to get that field cleared. And I immediately said to myself, not this way. Because I just know. I think we all just know that when you see a game that has that much snow you're not going to get your best performance from both of those teams on that day. You know someone's going to win the game, but you know you're not going to see the best of each team. And I think as a fan of U-Sports football, looking at Saskatchewan and the roster that they have, looking at Manitoba and the roster that they have, the weapons that both of those teams have, you want to see both of those teams at their best. So when I saw the snow, I said, not this way. I was, I was saddened. I'm not going to lie. I was sad. So with the Saskatchewan win, the Huskies will live to see another week, and they're going to host the Hardy Cup next week while the Bisons are done for the season. It was an interesting year for Manitoba. I think they entered the season with high expectations. A lot of people had them penciled in as a team that would appear in the Hardy Cup. The season didn't start the way that they wanted it to start, but to be able to see them rebound the way that they were able to and you know pick up a, a few huge wins along the way. At one point, it seemed like they weren't even going to make the playoffs. But you know what? They got the job done over the last two weeks. They finished with two straight wins. They were able to beat an extremely tough Regina team, squeeze into the playoffs. And you know what? They ended up uh, they ended up going up against a talented Husky squad, but also playing in a blizzard, which I think changes a lot of things. Um, but shout-outs to Manitoba. Great season. I think this next game, though, was the shocker of the weekend. UBC took on the number 9 Regina Rams, and UBC won 28-14. The Thunderbirds had two touchdowns on the ground and one touchdown through the air, but I think many people are shocked to see this outcome just given the fact that Regina was that number two team in the Canada West Conference all season long. Things got a little bit chippy at the end of the season, seeing them fall to Manitoba and then also seeing UBC step up and beat Saskatchewan. Things got a little bit blurry in that middle part of the, the Canada West Conference, but I think a lot of people had Regina penciled in as that team that would meet Saskatchewan in the Hardy Cup and we would get that kind of like inter-provincial rivalry in a, on a conference championship stage. But if there's one thing I've learned from DJ Lalama this season, it's that you can never count on a team that is coached by Blake Nill. Blake Nill will always find a way, and that's what he did this past weekend. And now the UBC Thunderbirds are back in the Hardy Cup for the first time since 2017. And now, just like in the OUA, here in the Canada West Conference, we have a rematch in the conference championship game that I think fans need to see. Need to see. I think the consensus for a long time was that we would get Saskatchewan and Regina. And based on the two meetings that those teams had, 
you could say, hey, Saskatchewan will take it because they've beaten them two times in a row. But now we get that Hardy Cup rematch where it's Saskatchewan against the team, the one team that managed to beat them this season in the UBC Thunderbirds. I think that game's going to be must-watch. And I'll say this, if it does snow again in Saskatchewan like it did this past weekend, then the UBC Thunderbirds should be okay because you know when it snows, you turn to the ground game. And they got Isaiah Knight, who just got named a conference all-star at running back. So if it does snow in Saskatchewan, I'm expecting the UBC Thunderbirds to hand the ball off to their conference all-star in the backfield and expect him to take them home if they can pull it out. So I think that's still going to be a must-watch game, regardless if it snows or not. I don't know who's going to win the game, but I'm saying if it does snow, it's still going to be a must-watch game between these two programs. Okay, let's briefly touch base on the AUS Conference where the Bishops Gators hosted the Mount Allison Mounties in the AUS semifinals and Mount Allison won this game 12-15. to Listen, key takeaways, all you need to know about this game is that Bishops fumbled the bag and gave up a Hail Mary touchdown with one minute remaining in the game. That's all you need to know. So now the Mount Allison Mounties will take on the St. FX X-Men next week in the Loney Bowl with the winner being crowned the AUS Conference Champion. If I'm being completely transparent, it's going to be a tall task for Mount Allison if they want to defeat St. FX. St. FX has not lost a regular season or conference playoff game since 2019. This is a team that has ran through the AUS two times over. No, actually four times over because in that conference you face each team two times each year. So they ran through the entire conference four times over. But most importantly, St. FX is the only AUS team that actually has... A functionable offense. They got Silas Fagnin, the defending AUS MVP at quarterback. They have Malcolm Bussey, the defending AUS Rookie of the Year at running back. They have Zachary Kareem, Zachary Hood, Ben Harrington as their receiving core. The list goes on. They have a functionable offense and they are the only team in the conference that has a functionable offense. And if it means anything, I must add, that the last time St. FX took on Mount Allison, they slapped them 37-13 to on October 29th. And then before that, they slapped them again 26-7 to back on September 25th. So it looks like St. FX has Mount Allison's number. With that being said, I'm not a betting man, but I feel like St. FX just might win this game. I feel like St. FX might go back to back in the AUS. I, I feel it. I feel it. But we'll see. So let's say St. FX does win the Loney Bowl. I want to put something out there that nobody's even thinking about yet. Hear me out on this one. Hear me out. So this year, the winner of the Canada West Conference is going to travel to the winner of the AUS Conference to play in the UTEC Bowl. And let's say some way, somehow, the UBC Thunderbirds get it done and defeat the Saskatchewan Huskies in the Hardy Cup. Because remember... They have defeated Saskatchewan before, so let's say they win the Hardy Cup and defeat Saskatchewan and move on to play in the UTEC Bowl. After their bloodbath against Saskatchewan, the Thunderbirds are going to have to fly back west to British Columbia, do their thing for a couple days, hop back on a plane, and fly all the way across the country east to Nova Scotia into a different time zone, whole different time zone and play the St. FX X-Men in the UTEC Bowl, most likely without their starting quarterback in Garrett Rooker because he's hurt. We don't know to what extent, but we know he's hurt. 
and he has not played the last couple of weeks. Considering all of those factors, if St. FX wins the Loney Bowl and UBC finds a way to win the Hardy Cup, could this be the AUS Conference's strongest chance of breaking through to the Vanier Cup for the first time since 2007? Okay, before you tear me apart, just hear me out. Okay, just listen. Hear me out. Listen up. I'm not saying that the St. FX X-Men can just flat out come out the gate and defeat the UBC Thunderbirds. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying compared to recent years where winners of the AUS have had to go up against the likes of the Western Mustangs, the Montreal Caravan, the Laval Rouge Or, the Calgary Dinos, compared to those recent years, going up against a 4-4 and UBC Thunderbirds team with a starting quarterback that is injured, so a backup quarterback, is not so bad. Now, whether or not the St. FX X-Men could actually beat the UBC Thunderbirds, that's a different question. But even looking at this year, if you're Gary Waterman and the St. FX X-Men, would you rather go up against the Saskatchewan Huskies in the UTech Bowl or the UBC Thunderbirds? I think you'd rather choose UBC. Anyways, that's all dream talk. If Mount Allison and Saskatchewan respectively win their conference championships, please disregard everything I just said. And finally, moving on, we're going to wrap things up today with the RSCQ Conference. The first game that we had from Saturday were the number 7 Montreal Carabans taking on the Sherbrooke Velt Aor, and Montreal won that game 23-15. Jonathan Senecal had 246 passing yards and one touchdown, while Carl Shabbat had 103 receiving yards, and Hussein Doso finally made his season debut, hauling in 60 receiving yards and one touchdown. My first key takeaway from this game is that it's just great to see Hussein Doso back on the football field. The last time that I saw him play was in the 2021 UTEC Bowl against Saskatchewan, which I had the pleasure of calling alongside the great Marshall Ferguson. With that being said, Hussein Doso was Jonathan Senecal's number one target last season, and those two were actually pinned to be the best receiver-quarterback duo entering 2022. So if you want... You can blame some of the struggles that Jonathan Senecal has experienced this past season on the fact that he was literally missing his number one receiver. But even with the return of Hussein Doso, I still don't think Montreal has enough to win the Dunsmore Cup anymore in 2022. Defensively, I think the Caravan are there. They have one of the top defenses in the country, and you saw last week they had four defensive players named RSCQ All-Stars. I think they're there defensively. But offensively, it seems like they're still finding their footing in 2022. Jonathan Senecal is an amazing quarterback. We all know that. But he has not had a season that lives up to his true potential. And that could partly be because of the absence of Hussein Doso. And even with an offense that's still finding their footing, the Caravan are actually a really great team. I don't think they should be ranked number 7th in the country. I think that's disrespectful. I think that's ridiculous. But unfortunately for them... They play in the same conference as a team that has it together defensively and has it together offensively. And I think that opens the door for us to move on to the final game that occurred this past Saturday. And that was the number two Laval Rouge or taking on the Concordia Stingers. And Laval won this game via a score of 38 to 27. The presumed RSCQ MVP Arnaud Desjardins threw for 321 passing yards and three touchdowns, while Kevin Middle had 36 receiving yards and two touchdowns. While on Concordia's side, the reigning RSCQ MVP Olivier Roy had 283 passing yards and three touchdowns, while RSCQ 
all-star Jeremy Murphy had 89 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Before we get into Laval, let's talk about Concordia. Let's have an honest conversation about the Concordia Stingers in 2022. The Concordia Stingers broke my heart. They really did. They broke my heart. After what we saw in 2021, I truly believed that the 2022 Concordia Stingers were going to be showtime. Showtime. I thought this was going to be the team that gave Montreal and Laval all the problems in the world and finally brought parity to the RSCQ, the long-awaited parity that we've been waiting for for basically two decades. Broke my heart. But let's talk about Glenn Constantine's Laval Rouge Or. A conference leading five RSCQ offensive all-stars. A conference leading five RSCQ defensive all-stars. A potential RSCQ MVP in Arnaud Desjardins. And a potential RSCQ MVP in receiver Kevin Middle. This is a dangerous team. This is a dangerous team. And this is the team I'm alluding to when I say Montreal is still putting their pieces together while Laval already has it together. So here we go. Montreal versus Laval in the Dunsmore Cup for the 100th year in a row. Who you got? Who you got? I think Laval has a strong case to win this game. A strong case. But you know what? If Montreal can get some together with Hussein Dosso and Jonathan Senecal and Bertrand Beaulieu in one week's time, with that defense that has four RCQ All-Stars, you never know. But I will say this. That Mitchell Bowl between the winners of the Yates Cup and the winners of the Dunsmore Cup, that's going to be a bloodbath. That's going to be a bloodbath no matter who's in that game. It's going to be a bloodbath. That's must-watch TV right there. So make sure you circle your calendars for that one. Final predictions before I sign off. Here we go. In the Yates Cup, I got Western winning it. Queens, amazing football team in 2022. But Western, to quote Goran Dragic, has higher ambitions. In the AUS, I got St. FX winning this game. No doubt. St. FX. When it comes to the Hardy Cup, as much as I'd love to see what would happen if UBC faced off against St. FX, I have the Saskatchewan Huskies repeating as Canada West Conference champions. And finally, in the RSCQ, it's Laval's time. I see the Laval Rouge or reclaiming the Dunsmore Cup. And that's it. That's a wrap. Before we sign off, DJ Lalama returns next week, and he's going to be with us for the remainder of the season. I got to say before we go, big ups to DJ Lalama. He was a coach for the University of Manitoba this past season. He was running their special teams unit as a special teams coordinator, and he was hopping on this podcast week after week. So shout out to him for doing that double duty and being committed to the podcast while being an amazing special teams coach. And we're excited to have him the rest of the way until the end of the season. And as always, if you made it this far, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. For all things you sports related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore. We're almost at 20K. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Persevere underscore. And make sure you follow us on TikTok. This is Deshaun Stevens signing off from another week of Take It or Leave It. Peace and blessings always.